Live from St. Louis, Missouri, it's the Technically Speaking Podcast. Brought to you by Doherty Business Solutions. Get ready, because it's time to talk nerdy on the Technically Speaking Podcast. Welcome back, Technically Speaking. We're at the Agile Midwest Conference here. Uh, 2017. You might remember us from the Agile Gravy Conference back in 2016. Well, we've had a name change, and we're much bigger now. We are at the St. Charles Convention Center, and uh, this episode I'm joined by Tom Holt, Thomas Holt. Tom, uh, do you go Thomas uh, or Tom? I go by Tom. Usually, Tom. Yeah. I'm, I have Thomas. Tom. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you like to be called Tom or Thomas? Tom. Thomas. Um, <laughs> but, but you can do either one. <laughs> it's all good. So, Tom, uh, you are the vice president of development at Hatchbuck, and then over to my left here, we have Suzanne Zimmerman, who is a uh, who is a, a fellow employee at Darty. She is. I am a program manager. Program and manager. Agile transformationist. Awesome. So Tom, um, Tom has graciously joined us on the podcast this year, even after last year, uh, <laughs> having a fateful snort, which I don't I just did it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, so your presentation that you're speaking about today is, is one that's kind of like a hot topic. Um, one that I, I think is kind of fascinating. And, um, so, so the, t- I'll just read the, the title where, where are all my teammates at, um, managing, managing remote and distributed teams in an agile environment. So I feel like this is kind of a hot topic because you see a lot of companies, uh, I mean, Yahoo made that big splash when Marissa Meyer at the time said, no more remote employees. But now you kind of see a lot of these companies are following suit and getting rid of their remote employee. How, um, so, so speak a little bit about that. I don't know if this intersects at all with, uh, with your topic, but... No, it does. I, I think uh, I, I think what you're seeing there with Marissa Meyer, what she did and, and what some other companies are doing... Uh, is you know kind of a it, it, it's a pendulum swing, but it's not going to swing all the way back. And in fact, the, the world has changed. Uh, there are going to continue to be remote employees, and I think that that trend is is only going to continue. So what you're seeing is the exception is proving the rule. Uh, more and more companies, because of technological advances and because process and um, and practices are changing, uh, you know that it's just become. Uh, kind of ubiquitous. Uh, pretty much everywhere I've been for the last 10 years, we've had at least one remote employee, um, or we've allowed em- employees to work remotely, uh, you know, during the work week. So maybe they come in for some days, and maybe they're out for other days. And so, uh, one of the things that I, I think uh, the agile community has built on, uh, or, or at least it started off uh, with 16 years ago, 17 years ago, whatever that was, um, when the Agile Manifesto got got written was uh, face-to-face communication and how important that is. And, and you can see it even in agile practices. We have uh, uh, you know, pair programming, and that seems like something that you would absolutely want to do <laughs> right next to each other. But the truth of the matter is uh, that because of a lot of reasons, uh, we aren't always co-located. And so that's kind of what I would talk about is how do we, how do we manage that? And there's a lot of, lot of techniques, a lot of uh, technology. Uh, it's not just technology that allows us to do that. The proper use of that technology. So, um, sorry, just talk for a long time. <laughs> hey, no, no, no problem. I mean, like, so for instance, at Darty, and I know a lot of other uh, companies that 
have software engineering capabilities. The whole idea of a dev center model is really attractive because it doesn't matter where your clients are, you just throw it into the machine and the machine churns it out. And with that model, I think it's only natural that you would have to have some kind of distributed workforce, um, somebody uh, either located who could be on the ground at some point and then a team um, that interacts throughout the country. So um, so, so kind of talk a little bit about that too. Of, uh, right. So I, I'm seeing a lot of different models. Um, basically, any way that you can uh, slice and dice this, I've, I've seen it sliced and diced. So I've, I've seen situations where the entire team was distributed. So every single person that was on the team, or, or almost every person, was in a different location. So most different time zones. Oh, time zone is a, is a huge, huge deal. Um, even working with a with a completely U.S. based team uh, that was distributed um, in in one of my my former lives. Uh, we, you know, we had people in West Coast time zone and we had people in East Coast time zone. So they're like three hours apart, right? So when somebody comes in uh, to the office at 8 a.m. On, on one on one coast, it's, uh, you know, either 5 or 11, you know, on the other coast. That's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, that's a pretty big chunk of the day. And then if you talk about, uh, you know, other parts of the world, you talk about Eastern Europe, or you talk about Asia, which a lot of people are, you know, uh, developing teams in. That makes a really, really huge deal, um, a really, really big difference. And it's something that uh, you can't really overcome necessarily with technology because uh, it, it has to be a cultural change, right? You have to get people that are either willing to uh, shift their own work hours or uh, you have to find ways of managing the work that uh, don't require a lot of real-time communication, which frankly is beyond the capabilities of most organizations. Most organizations need to figure out how to shift work hours. Um, or the burdens on the employee. Right. You know, they, they may be actually working remote and have set them up technologically, but they really don't kind of accommodate to kind of teach them how to use the tools the right way or some of the functionality. It's just kind of left to their own devices. And right. That, that has a lot of stories. <laughs> well, right. So, so beyond time zone, um, just the, uh, the three things that I, that I talk about are uh, communication inertia, mm -hmm. right? So the, the, let's call it the cost to initiate communication, right? You want that to be extremely low because in a team room or, you know, I, I, the example I use is two people standing at a whiteboard. The, the inertia is extremely low. We're already standing there at the whiteboard. All I have to do is say, hey, this is what I think. And the person is already there listening, right? So very, very low inertia versus you think of the old school example of, let's say I had a, uh, a push button phone sitting next to me. And I had to, to uh, look up the person's phone number, dial those uh, digits correctly, uh, 11 digits correctly, and then hope that they're gonna answer the phone. There the inertia is high. So what that means is not only is, and efficiency experts might think about that in the terms of like, well, how much time does it actually take to, in, to initiate the conversation? But that's not really the problem. The really the problem is, what are the chances I'm going to want to initiate that conversation? So how is that going to drive me motivationally to communicate with this other person? I'm probably going to try to solve my own problems on my, you know, without their assistance rather than reaching out and having a collaborative team environment. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one thing. Um, another thing is the, is the quality of the communication or the comprehension between 
uh, between two people communicating. So that's that's a huge deal. There's a lot of ways to to overcome that. Um, one thing I always say is that audio quality is king. Mm-hmm. If you cannot understand the other person very well, if you have to strain, if they're quiet, if they're garbled, um, or if, if they're, they're working in a team room, if they're and working, calling in, exactly. Becomes, oh, well, yeah, okay. big uh, uh, Speaker phones are from hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> they just are. They're terrible. If you can buy everybody a headset, even if everybody's sitting in the same room and they're all looking at each other and they're wearing headsets, that's the way to go uh, because the microphone's right there next to their face and right. you can generally hear them. Even if you hear a little bit of echo coming through from other people's mics, it's still better. Yeah. Um, we were just talking right before the podcast about, you know, the, I guess it's a telemonitoring type of thing, but, you know, the technology has come such a long way and you would think that it would be, you know, it is unusual and it is weird to see one of those computers on wheels rolling in and then seeing somebody, you know, live streaming through a meeting and things like that. But their facial expressions, their contributions and things like that are so much more valuable to see that and have that contribute in a team environment. And we're actually looking at uh, right now, uh, uh, my uh, my current employer, we're looking at putting uh, up a an always on video uh, station. So we've got uh, we've got a couple of teams in uh, a couple of different cities, um, besides the the team that we have here in St. Louis. And so what we want to do is is set up uh, a video conference that's just always there, right? So we're going to put a cart with a big screen TV on it and uh, and a webcam and have it just sitting there live streaming all the time. And that way, the communication inertia with that is low. You just walk up to it and start talking. And as long as, you know, you, you might have to slack somebody or message them something first to tell them to, to, to head into the place wherever that, that's set up, because maybe they're not sitting right there. But you can walk right up and start having a video conference without having to, uh, to do anything. And so that's the other thing I was going to say is that for, for comprehension, uh, video chat's very good and screen sharing super important. I mean, these, all these tools are tools that we've, we've got in our hands. Uh, we just need to use them properly and, uh, and be respectful of the person on the other end, not just thinking because you said it, they understood it, but making sure that they did understand it. And then also not being willing to walk away from a meeting embarrassed to say, I didn't comprehend what you were saying. You cut out or it wasn't make sense or you know what, we, we don't have the same native language and so therefore uh, some of the idioms you were using didn't make sense to me or maybe used idioms in my language, <laughs> idioms in your language only you translated in mine, they don't make any sense, whatever. Um, we need to confirm, uh, confirm understanding. Uh, that's, that's a super important thing. And then the last thing I like to talk about is, um, is about a social connection, right? So. Uh, one of the things I think that makes a team great is when that team has trust for each other. So uh, they, they, if you don't have that trust for each other, if you haven't ever met each other in person or haven't ever seen a, at least a picture of that person, um, <laughs> when, uh, when we started working with one of our outsourced teams, I, I asked them all for like pictures and we put them up on the wall so that we could, when somebody was talking, even though we just had, or we were doing screen sharing instead of video, Right, I could look up and I could see a picture of that person, so I know who was talking to me. And um, you know, sometimes that's hard to tell. Voices are very similar, and then you confuse who you're talking to. And absolutely, and and especially when they've got a you know an accent because uh, you know maybe like I said, their native language isn't the same as mine. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be it can be difficult to understand. Um, So uh, yeah, where was I going? Oh, oh, social connection. So I. I think that that's super important and just having that sense of like, hey, the people on the other end of the phone or the other end of the video conference, they want, um, 
they want this team to succeed. They want to produce our team goals. If I feel like those people actually want, uh, they have their own goals that are not the same as mine, then we're not going to work together as a team. So, uh, so I always leave room in chat rooms, leave room in, in video conferences um, for uh, personal connection. And sometimes we uh, a little bit awkwardly force that, right? We see, have icebreaker questions on the Friday meeting, right? Right. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, what's your favorite food or something silly like that? You know, mm-hmm. if you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? And they, we, we laugh about those questions, but they help us to talk about things besides uh, besides work and to get out of ourselves and see each other as real people. And when we do that, then we, we can become a much more effective team. So if you were an animal, what animal would you be? I would be a cheetah. <laughs> Because they're the fastest land animal, and because uh, their 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 spots look nice too. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's a you know a really great point because I, I think a lot of companies out there they just uh, they think well we'll just invest in some technology we'll just put that out there and then suddenly our problems will cease to exist. Um, and I think it, it is much more intentional than that. It's it's not it, much like agile. It's not you're not you're not doing agile. You're not doing. Um, communication via these uh, these various tools and channels you're being agile and so you need to be you know you need to have that mindset that uh, uh, of being in the same place it, it, for whatever reason it is a little bit of a of a wall to get over but uh, but I think keeping those things in mind you know having empathy and and having that shared vision um, that you're all rowing in the same direction I think that's really helpful and 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 will make the the necessity of these distributed teams a lot more successful so yeah absolutely and i I really like one thing one of the things you said it makes me think about this which is you know when we are doing an agile process uh one of the things that uh we we always say is that the team owns the process right uh and this is the same same way with this right uh the team needs to have the freedom to say hey, this tool's not working for me, I want to use a different tool, or this way that we're interacting isn't working, um, I, I want a different way to interact. And so when we do our retrospectives, a lot of what we talk about is, hey, does, is, this, um, is this particular way that we're, we're interacting, we're having this, this team communications is working for you guys? And sometimes management has to come in and say, hey, listen, um, guys, be more interactive because you're letting the inertia uh, stop you from talking to one another. You're working as a bunch of individuals instead of together as a team. And that uh, uh, that needs to happen, right? They need to, they need to create those muscles, that muscle memory of just, hey, when I, when I have a problem rather than, if somebody was sitting right next to me, if I would have turned my head and said, hey, what do you think about this? Then I need to reach out using something that's slightly more difficult, a little bit more friction, maybe type it into a chat window or uh, initiate a video conference or whatever. Uh, but I need to get in that habit and the whole team needs to have that, uh, have that habit, have that, that culture within them that they are part of one team and not a bunch of individuals uh, working no, separately. I just think it's gonna be part of our reality. We're always gonna have some virtual component to work and the remote worker is something that you know is is a challenge from an agile perspective you have high functioning teams when they're co-located when they're face to face and they have that interaction like you were saying your point about inertia is really well taken because if you have to pick up the phone and dial and talk to somebody then you're being very um intentional um so it kind of amplifies hey I'm, i'm here for a purpose kind of thing whereas if you just turn around in your chair and you're talking to somebody who's sitting right next to you, it's more casual conversation and it doesn't take that same levity. 
Yeah, and there's, you know, we always say there's a lot of like problems that get solved in the hallway as you just meet somebody and you go, hey, you know, and you bring up something that's on your mind. And sometimes that person can either solve that problem for you or give you an idea that, that helps you to solve it. And so we want to develop a, a, a culture that is similar to that, right? And that's why, uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, we use Slack. We have an open chat room. We have one chat room for the whole team. Um, and people can go in and instant message each other if they want to. Uh, but I try to make sure that a lot of the conversation that goes on that chat room is not work related. So we will tell jokes, we'll, we'll, we'll post memes, we'll, um, uh, you know, rib each other about things, uh, you know, hey, you know, U.S. isn't in the World Cup anymore, uh, you know, and this <laughs> people from other company, uh, countries, uh, mm-hmm. hey, we are, our country still is. Uh, so that's a, that's a big deal, right? Um, but what that does is that keeps a channel of communication open. It's just like on the radio, right? If you have dead air, mm-hmm. then people stop listening. And so I want to make sure that there's no dead air on, on the channels of communication that we want to always be open. So if we were sitting in a room, there would be a lot of chatting going on about various things. Sometimes people would put their heads down and, and just work. But for the most part, uh, you know, you look over and you go, hey, I, you know, this just came up on my feed or whatever. Isn't that interesting? Right. And, and we want that, that kind of communication because that's how humans are built. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Where are all my teammates at? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the way you were thinking about it in your head? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> well, Tom, I appreciate you coming on uh, the, the podcast. This is your second year in a row that you've come on the podcast. So I feel like we're building a rapport here. I know. Man. Um, but, but I really appreciate you sharing your, your thoughts with us. Um, good luck on your, your, um, your talk later on today. And, and uh, I appreciate you spending, you know, uh, 15, 20 minutes with us to, oh, to share your insights. It's totally a pleasure. I uh, really like talking to you guys. All right. Awesome. We will, we will speak with you soon then. Thank you for listening to the Technically Speaking Podcast. Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at SpeakTech or like our page at Facebook.com slash SpeakTechPodcast. If you have suggestions or questions related to the show or would like to be considered as a future guest, send feedback and inquiries to hey at speaktechpodcast.com. I'm Zach Lenz, and thank you for listening to the Technically Speaking Podcast.